back to Dr. Me first. It's fall, y'all. I hope you are in full swing and whatever traditions look like for you when we get into autumn. I know here on the farm, we are in full harvest mode, which means combines, lots of machinery, and everything that was planted in the spring is coming out of the fields. And we got fingers crossed and prayers that it is abundant. So for you, give me an email. Let me know how your fall's going. In addition to that, I have got a truly amazing interview to share with you. It's with Dr. Val Cacho. She's an integrative sleep medicine specialist, and she talks about it in our conversation today. She has a lot of expertise and interest in helping diagnose and treat medical sleep disorders, and she really looks into women's sleep concerns. She uses all sorts of techniques, which she's a hypnotherapist. I'm not going to lie. That's pretty freaking awesome. And beyond just practicing medicine in California, Hawaii, she also has an online educational and sleep wellness company called Sleepfora. You'll have to check it out. It's all in the show notes, I promise. But the amazing thing about Val is she is a listener turned guest. Those are my absolute favorites. She's such a badass, and I cannot wait to share her story and her practice. Okay, here we go. friend. Welcome to the podcast. Before we were chatting, Val here is a listener turned guest. Those are my favorite kinds. So Dr. Valerie Cacho, introduce yourself to the people out in podcasting world and tell them about the magic that you're putting out there. Thanks so much, Erin. Happy to be here. Yes, I was saying that during the pandemic and when I had my second child, I really leaned into your podcast and it just sort of got me through all of the days listening to the other stories from amazing doctor women. So I'm a medical sleep physician. My background is in internal medicine, sleep medicine, and integrative medicine. So I combined all the three and I do an integrative sleep medicine practice for folks who live in Hawaii and California. It's mainly telehealth. And then my passion project, what I love to do as well, is really support women through midlife, perimenopause, and menopause who have a hard time with sleep. Oftentimes, you go through this phase, and some of the research shows 40 to 60 women struggle with sleep, and that number is just way too much. And there's a lot of good treatment options out there. So here to support all the ladies who have a hard time sleeping. I love it. We were talking before the podcast started and I was telling Val here a little bit that I did a like a little bit of a science experiment on myself. It was September 2017. And I made a promise to myself to try to get like six to seven hours of sleep a night, having gone through training and like it was a couple years into, you know, the big girl job. And I had taken a break so I could actually sleep, you know, and having little kids. And I shit you not. I now realize how that was like the aha moment that made me realize how important sleep was to me because it was like such an amazing natural antidepressant, anti-anxiety for me personally. And so since then, I've really had to prioritize sleep, really watching call schedules because I realized that I get that like on-call anxiety. And like, even though I don't get a call, I don't sleep well when I'm on call really recognizing when I'm overdoing it and taking strategic naps. So tell us everything about sleep. 
you know, you have really leaned into it. I think it's amazing that you've taken like all these pieces of your life and mishmashed them up into this beautiful practice that you're doing. Yeah, well, I love the words that you're using. I really prioritize sleep. I'm aware of how it impacts me, you know, emotionally, maybe physically as well. And, you know, for my own sleep journey, right, we were both trained in the medical Western machine, (laughs) more to say, where, wow, I worked in the whole prior to having the 30-hour restrictions. And I remember being up all night and then we had to do cardiology clinic and I was sitting there talking to one of the nurse practitioners and I was falling asleep. Mm-hmm. And she just looked at me and said, go, <laughs> go away, basically yeah. go, go to your call room and take a nap. And I was like, no, I need to be here. I, I'm supposed to be here in clinic. And she's like, it's okay. We can barely even function. And that's what happens when we don't get enough sleep. And I think women, as, as we spoke earlier, are sort of trained to be superhuman, even doctors themselves. I think more so for women, there's all these expectations. You take a look at just mothering and taking care of a household. It's like what, the full and a half time job. It's like more than breastfeeding through the night, exactly. charting. I can remember being so tired right. that I physically wanted to vomit. Like I like that was the sensation. I was exhausted. Or I think about like those drives homes where I was probably an impaired driver. You know, it, it was it not is. sleep not deprivation good. is, you know, impairment for your brain. It's almost like being drunk on alcohol. You know, the blood alcohol levels are similar if you're awake for too many hours. But yet it's almost the standard for physicians. And it doesn't have to be that way. And I don't know why we do this. There's plenty yes. of research. <laughs> Look at pilots. Look at yes. over the road truck drivers. Like, right. Even I was looking at, um, it's been a couple years ago, but they did study on 12-hour shifts and nurses mm-hmm. and how that messes up their sleep and how impactful that is. So I'm like, why are we still doing this? Or why are we bitching at these poor residents who they have the duty hours restrictions because of the evidence? I think I'll, maybe some of us who haven't gone through it, it's like, you just need to toughen up, right? You just got to get stronger. With more experience, just push through. And the science doesn't support that. You know, the more you sleep, the better your brain works. Sometimes when I do podcasts, you know, they're like, okay, talk about all the things that sleep is good for. And I go down from like head to toe. But at the same time, sleep makes everything better. When you're not getting enough sleep, just imagine it's like operating on a low battery or like your car on almost empty and you're trying to go on a long road trip. It just doesn't make sense. So I have a rule. Because I know I get tired in the afternoons when I'm in mm-hmm. clinic and like all the things is that I do not answer emails after uh, four o'clock. I like make myself sleep on it because I have gotten myself in trouble too many times uh-oh. because I pop back a snappy answer yeah. or I didn't read it all the way. Right. And, <laughs> and you do <laughs> just saying like, I need to sleep on it. You need to sleep yeah, on it for, for sure. sure. No, I completely agree. Yeah, because sleep is so important for your cognition, your memory, focus, and attention. And if you shortchange yourself on sleep for whatever reason, working too much or having to take care of your family or maybe having an underlying sleep condition that's not addressed, your brain doesn't work as well. We actually have a part of our brain called the lymphatic system. And let's get a little bit sciencey nerdy here, where it happens during our deep stages sleep. So the lymphatic system, like our lymphatic system, it just cleans out all the toxins. And when you don't go into those deeper stages of sleep, stage three, slow wave sleep, it just doesn't get turned on. And so if we're chronically sleep depriving ourselves, you know what? 
we can develop memory problems. It can lead to dementia. And so nobody wants that. I'm sure a lot of the us doctors here have taken care of enough people. And once you get to that sort of stage, it's like hard to reverse. And as you were saying, you know, sleep is like a really amazing natural antidepressant. And also, ladies, it's free. You don't have to pay to get, I mean, you know, you got to wear pajamas and, you know, have a mattress and things like that. But literally, it's as important as drinking water, exercising. But our culture in the U.S. and probably in most Western countries, it's do it later. You know, work, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. But I like to say, if you prioritize sleep, you're more efficient. Maybe you can get your notes done faster. Maybe you can have, you know, critical decision making is a lot faster. It doesn't take as long. That's one thing that I've shifted now in my professional life is mm-hmm. like nighttime notes take yeah. me two to three times longer. But if I put a fork in it, be like, all right, they're going to sit. I can hammer them out usually so much better in the morning. And I mean, I think the studies show that as well. Like, you know, think about in med school where we would stay up and cram and like keep <laughs> like how much did we actually fucking retain when we did those things? I, no. I don't think it wasn't that effective. Oh, Erin, I just laugh. Yeah, because I remember staying up all night. It was almost the cool thing to do. I had this like group of friends we would study. We found this old conference room in the hospital and we would stay up all night and then the cafeteria would open. We'd have breakfast and then go take our tests. But I remember a couple of times actually falling asleep during my tests. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that can't be good. Yeah. And then just looking back, I'm like, why did I do that? That was pretty dumb. <laughs> that was pretty I, dumb. Learned, I learned pretty early on in first year that it's just better for me to sleep. And so yeah. I would I would like tell the study group, I'm like, I'm out. See you. (laughs) Well, talk a little bit more from your practice side, because I know you're doing diagnosis and treating medical sleep disorders, and you're really doing Mm -hmm. a lot around like women's sleep. So talk to me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So medical sleep doctors, bread and butter is obstructive sleep apnea. So people who snore, stop breathing, gasp, choke. I used to run a lab. I don't do that anymore just for my own sanity and my own sleep. So I do home sleep apnea tests, which are pretty straightforward. And I'd say probably eight out of 10 people come in for diagnostic workup for obstructive sleep apnea. I do get a handful of folks who have insomnia on top of that. And that's something that we certainly can talk about for women in midlife. Because when I was working at the hospital system, and it was probably 100% obstructive sleep apnea, I get the women coming in where, you know, I have some palpitations that keep me up at night. My doctor just wants to make sure I don't have sleep apnea. We do the test. It's not sleep apnea. What else can I offer? Because they're still not sleeping well. And so now that I'm in private practice, I'm really able to do more within the integrative world, which means I bring in things like mind-body therapies. We talk about your stress levels. We talk about your family. We talk about your emotions. Believe it or not, some people have a hard time sleeping because they're so lonely or their relationships are broken. And there's not a good pill for that. And so it, I, I like it because it's really holistic and that's the way I like to practice. So I like to see myself as an educator. I can teach you how to sleep better, a little bit of a sleep coach as well. I'm also trained in clinical hypnotherapy, where if your conscious mind doesn't want to help you sleep, though we just basically tell your subconscious mind you're a great sleeper. You can sleep anytime you want, anytime you need to. And that really helps. For people who want to talk about supplements, we talk about different supplements, magnesium, melatonin, hops, passion flower. But just like prescription sleeping pills, hypnotic agents, I like to say your brain is so powerful. If you've got a really busy brain, a hyper-aroused state, there's no amount of supplement, cannabis, alcohol that can give you good quality sleep because your brain system can just override that. 
So I like to think of people who have insomnia as you have the sleep software and for whatever reason, there's viruses that attack your software. And so now we have to figure out how to uplevel your brain, how to remove all those viruses. What's the anti-malware that we can help? And honestly, it's just sitting and talking to someone, giving them that time and space to be like, all right, what's going in your life? What's going on with your work? What's going on with your family? What's going on in your body? Is it just hot flashes? Are you just worried that you're going to get dementia like your mom had and now you're getting older and you're seeing yourself getting older and that keeps you up at night? So there's a lot that feed into it. And really, I, I like to think of it as just listening, being a good active listener. And hopefully the patient, you know, the lady in front of me can come up with the solution because sometimes they do. It's that wisdom of your, that inner wisdom. But if you take the time, you just give yourself that time and space to listen. Right. I'm in the middle of studying for my addiction boards. <laughs> so you say with cannabis um, and alcohol, I'm like, oh, Lord, I just got done on a two hour study session. I am not I'm not in study mode quite yet. But but I hear that from so many patients because, you know, I do whole person care with family medicine and addiction mm -hmm. medicine. And they say, you know, nothing else really helps me, Dr. Wiseman, but THC. What do you say? This is just for my own personal knowing. It's not legal in Indiana. So it's, you know, there's no ma medical marijuana or recreational marijuana here in Indiana. But I, I really struggle. One, I mean, I know the addiction standpoint, you know, we talk mm -hmm. about that when there's other substances, including THC and that sort of thing. But like, how do you really get through to people when they're like, this is my thing? Maybe it's THC. Maybe it's Ambien. Maybe it's mm -hmm. that Xanax that they've taken for 35 years. How do you approach that with your integrative approach? Oh. Great question. And I want to say it's not easy because it's a behavior change. Some people see it as a crutch and depending how old they are, if you're talking about Xanax or, you know, benzos or, you know, sleeping pills, their doctor doesn't want to give them to them anymore. And it's like, man, they were giving it to me for 20 years and now I'm turning 65 and it's like, I get cut off. That's, you know, that's so mean. <laughs> like, why can't I have something? But really what I come down to, I like to teach about sleep. So we talk about the biological processes that control our sleep, the homeostatic sleep drive, basically the longer you're awake, the sleepier you are. You talk about your circadian rhythm. Are you getting enough sunlight in the morning? Are you getting off screens? Are you more of a night owl and you're just using that ambient to help you fall asleep earlier because you got to get up early for work. But if you actually just push your bedtime for two hours, you're going to fall asleep like fast. And then the third part is that arousal state. And that's typically where a lot of these substances come in. They can help relax you. They help slow down your brain waves. And I would say it's harder to get someone to reduce or change their thoughts about the substance if it's still working for them. Yeah. And then I like to really go granular and what does that mean? Because some people are like, well, I can't sleep without Ambien, but they're coming in and their insomnia scale is like through the roof and they're only sleeping four hours. And I'm like, is that really good sleep? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like we can do more Phil, than that. How's that working for you? Really? Exactly. How's that working for you? And it's sometimes, you know, you know, someone's probably struggling if they're coming in to see you and talking about it. But at the same time, it's like if they need more and more to have the same effect or yeah, maybe they're having a hard time getting to it. But I like to say when you take a substance, you can have a chemical reaction in your body that makes your brain waves slow down. And at the same time, I can teach you how to have that same chemical reaction without relying on a substance the power of your brain, the power of your mindset, the power of your imagination. 
because I mean, something like THC, honestly, unless you're growing it, it's pretty expensive to access. Like some people I know spend probably 70 to 100 bucks a month. Any type of supplement, you know, things are getting a little pricey. You know, what's your end game here? If you're getting crappy sleep, taking this something, you're paying 50 bucks a month, and it's only maybe like marginally improving the quality of your sleep. Is that really worth it for you? And then, you know, education, knowing about all the potential side effects, It can be difficult when you're trying to wean because then you can have rebound insomnia. And that's when I like to use other substances. So if you take a look at some of the research for benzodiazepines in nursing home where they try to, you know, wean people off of them, they've actually done studies in like valerian root or even lavender. Those actually work on GABA as well. So it can reduce some of the side effect profile if you take them concurrently um, as you wean off. So there's little things around there, but a lot of what I really do, Erin, is giving give someone the confidence in their own innate ability to sleep. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure you've seen this as well. A lot of people feel broken. And, you know, I've struggled with sleep for so long that this is the only thing that works. And now you're going to take it away from me. And so I always say, you know, since I'm a consultant, I'm like, no, I'm not going to take it away. You know, that's between you and your doctor. And you can decide, you know, knowing all these potential side effects. But I'm here to give you that support where if you go on a trip and you don't have access to it, Like it's not the end of the world because you have this part of your brain that wants you to sleep and we just need to make it stronger. We just need to build your confidence, your ability to sleep. And actually, I do a lot of Zoom visits and I put my hand out and I'm like, this is me taking all that stress off of you about your sleep, that heavy load. Just give it to me. Like it's going to be okay. And usually, honestly, a lot of people feel like better already after having that conversation where I'm not going to take anything away from them when they're ready, they can get off of it. But it's been amazing. I've had some patients who've struggled with sleep and been on substances for like 20 years. And after a couple of visits, yeah, cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia is really helpful. Mindset shifts, talking about cognitive restructuring, you know, those sleep myths, I can't sleep without X, Y, or Z. Those are sort of the magic that happens <laughs> in a doctor, in a visit with Dr. Rao. Gotcha. Yep. Well, good. So what I hear you saying is you really don't use a lot of the traditional Western medications. You're really leaning into more of that integrative education that you've had, but knowing all the like nerdy science stuff that you've learned. You've learned. Okay. Yeah. Cause I feel like people can get the substances elsewhere. And no, I, I think the way I probably market myself that I let my staff know I'm here for something else, meaning sort of Let's get to the the root cause. Let's fix the underlying issue. My favorite thing to say is, you know, it's like breaking your arm. You fall and break your arm, the bone's sticking out. We give you morphine. We give you pain medication because it's so uncomfortable. But that morphine ain't going to do anything to fix that bone. You got to see the surgeon. And that's sort of, you know, I'm not a sleep surgeon. But so what I do is let's figure out why you can't sleep. I'm sure you can figure it out. We can figure it out together. Absolutely. Let's let's jump into the business side of what you're doing, because I bet there's some listeners out there that are like, yeah. hmm, <laughs> you know, like when you were a listener, yeah, too. So, true. So, yeah. so give a little bit of background. How long have you been doing it? When did you mm-hmm. make the jump from the traditional to your own gig? Yeah. So let's see. 2020 was the pandemic. I had my mm-hmm. second kid, 5, 10, 20. And really after that, I was like, I need a change. I was running one of the busiest sleep labs in the state of Hawaii, and I didn't have help. And I was trying for years and years to get help. And I kept thinking, oh, I just need someone to believe in me. Okay, maybe the new CEO will believe in me or the new medical director. And then 
I don't know, maybe it was listening to your podcast, another podcast. And it was like, you don't need anyone to believe in you. You are doing amazing things on your own. There's no need. And it's so funny because I've always wanted to have my own practice. And the thought was once I paid off my loans, then I would do so. And I'd already paid off my loans. But then I just felt so responsible for being part of the organization. And I think that was probably the hardest step away. And my own therapist, I was, I don't know, it's funny, but when you're you're in a system and you're so well taken care of, well taken care of, meaning like you get a regular paycheck, you get your health insurance. For me, the biggest hang up was the health insurance, which I've heard a lot from other doctors. My therapist was like, you just buy it. And I was like, what? Yeah, you just go out, you know, it's just a a line item expense. (laughs) You just buy it, you just pay for it. And I was like, oh, okay. Said it's a matter of fact. And I think that like helped. (laughs) So that was actually one of the biggest part. But 2020, the pandemic really helped because we could do everything from home. And the way it works with sleep, the technology is really good in terms of the equipment, the home sleep apnea test. People do have to come to my office to pick it up, but I can read everything remotely. So with the pandemic, unfortunately, um, my mother-in-law passed in, in California. We were living in Hawaii. So then had my son. We were so far away from everybody. We decided to move back to California. And at the same time, I started my practice. I started my practice in January. We moved in November. And I was thinking... I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm just going to try and I'm going to figure this out. And if I have to close things down in Hawaii, that's fine. You know, California is a big state. I'll figure it out as well. But things have really blossomed and now I'm hiring another doctor to help me. So it's just really cool that I can do that now. So the hardest part is leaving the comfort of a hospital system. But at the same time, like, is it really that comfortable with all the demands that they have on you? And Golden handcuffs. The golden handcuffs. I didn't sleep well. I remember I would stay up pretty late, you know, returning messages, reading sleep studies. And then I'd have the manager come in and say, oh, you know, our projections, you're supposed to be like doing 30% more. And I'm like, what the hell? There's no more time in the day. I'm not even sleeping. You see my emails at like midnight and, you know, just brush that off. Like, that's not my problem. I was like, geez, I thought you cared about people. (laughs) So yeah, that was just really the big push. And then I honestly had a a Pilates instructor. And I was like, you know what, I need to get out. I'm so depressed. I didn't really know what that meant. I just felt numb and nauseous every day. And I was like, I need to come up with a business plan. She's like, nah, you don't need a business plan. A business plan is just like, you not believing in yourself. And I was like, oh, so it just kept coming back to, you know, I can do this. I've been doing it for like 10 years already. And how is it going to be different? And then when I actually went into private practice, I think I was a little bit shocked in the fact that I had to do marketing because I was so busy in the hospital practice. I thought it, you know, just moving across town, it'd be so easy. They would just find me, all my old patients who said that they loved me, got all these, you know, reviews that were great. And then it was like crickets, but you know, also being the pandemic. And then it's just a funny place. Like people thought I retired. People thought I only saw women. People thought I only saw kids. So I think it just took some time. I just had to knock on some of the doctor's doors that were in my area and then really just tell people, I'm here. I'm just doing everything online. And then when I moved to California, I was like, oh, this is going to be really awful. But you know what? It's just having that faith and that trust. And, you know, it's also I work in a state. There's not a lot of doctors. and So there's not a lot of options. So people are going to come find me. And it's been amazing, honestly. Scary, definitely having my own business, but I have a really good team. I have a great manager who doesn't push me to do more. When my kids are sick and I need to be at home and I got to cancel, you know, my patients are like, yeah, no problem. Don't even question it or say, when are you going to take a makeup day? Because that's what it used to be like. Makeup day? What are you talking? I'm salaried. Why am I trying to (laughs) work more if my kids are sick? So, yeah, 
things have worked out. And then I think just from that, I realized that I'm only helping people in Hawaii and California. And there's so many people across the US, across the world who probably need some information that I can give as well. So I started Sleephoria, which is my online educational company, what it looks like. It's, you know, YouTube videos, webinars, blogs, podcast guesting, where I talk about the fun stuff and let women know that a well-rested woman has the energy, clarity, and drive to change the world. Because I think women can do great things and just, you know, need a little bit more sleep, need a little bit more support from each other. And having a great community really helps. Lady, you need to be so proud of yourself. Because <laughs> I am just delighted oh. sitting here and listening to that story because you did it. You listened to I'm the podcast. I'm getting emotional, Erin. And you, and you, took, the, you yeah. took the step and you said, like, I'm going to do this. Because mm-hmm. the worst case scenario is you just would have went back to the sleep lab. Yeah. And you know, it was in the basement and I had no windows. And I think that was so depressing. I actually had a patient tell me, you know what, Dr. Cacho? It's like they threw you in the dungeon in the basement. They forgot about you because, you know, we would have supply boxes come in. They would just be out there. And I was like, oh, can you write that on your survey? Because I've tried to tell them and they didn't tell me that. But maybe if you said that, I was like, man, I'm begging my patient to try to advocate for me. And it just got really sad. So, but I'm getting emotional because, you know, listening to... The work that you do and the stories that you shared on your podcast, you know, it's it helps. You probably didn't know there was this little doctor in Hawaii that was just, you know, breastfeeding her son, listening to her podcast as walked around the park. (laughs) And now I'm here. I'm honored to have been in your ears and to bring those guests to inspire you. And now you're paying it forward and inspiring other people. So if there are women who are listening today and they're like, wow. I want some of what she's got. Where do they need to go to find you? Yeah. So if you're in Hawaii or California, I want to have an integrative sleep consultation with me. My website is sleeplifemed.com. For everyone else, not in those states, you know, we can only practice in the states we're licensed in. Check out my free work on YouTube, Sleepphoria, um, on Instagram. Yeah, most of the major outlets. And then my website, sleepphoria.com. So yeah, let me know if there's any topics you want me to discuss on on the webinars or even write, write about. There's so much out there. And I think one of the biggest things is when you're on social media, figuring out what the truth is from all the scamminess. <laughs> because all there's a lot the of scamminess. All the noise. I saw one post in a women's um, group saying, I'm taking 400 milligrams of magnesium. What are you ladies taking? You know, I still can't sleep. And I'm like, oh, you're not magnesium deficient. That's probably not why you're sleeping. And more isn't necessarily going to help. Maybe it's going to like make you run to the bathroom a lot and really disrupt your sleep. So yes, there's a lot of good information out there. There's a lot of, you know, communities. And yeah, if you want to join mine, Sleepphoria, we are here to support you. And we will get all of that into show notes for everyone. So you don't have to hurry up and scribble it down. Well, Val, I have to tell you, the badass in me 100% honors the badass in you, lady. <laughs> oh my gosh. Goosebumps. Thank you, Aaron. So thankful to be here. I'm grateful for you. friend. So my word of the year for 2023 is going to be slacking for two reasons. One, I am really going to pull back the throttle in 2023 and see what life is like when I just do enough, 
not extra, not overboard, not overworking, burning myself out, burning candle at both ends, slacking. Something I don't think I've really ever done my entire life. I'm excited about it, but I'm also worried, of course, (laughs) the classic OCD overworker, how this is going to be. The other reason that slack is going to be my word in 2023 is that's where I'm going to hang out. You're not going to see me in a lot of new places. I'm just going to be waiting for you in my DMs on Slack. Yeah, I'll probably occasionally post on Instagram and still send out a few emails. But you're going to see a change in Burnt Out to Badass and Dr. Me First. You're going to just see me waiting willingly and quietly in the corner for those who are ready for help. No more blasting lots of advertisements and marketing and pushing people. When you're ready, you'll come and we're going to see how it goes. So there you go. That's my word for the year. How about you? Have you picked a word? I'd love to hear about it. Send me an email. Better yet, send me a DM in Slack. Or maybe you want to join me and let's make this the year of slacking. All right, friend. Remember, if work is your drug, rest is your recovery. Come over and hang out with Slack and me and start slacking off a little bit in life. All right, friends. Well, there you go. And another amazing conversation. I hope that you're like Dr. Cacho too, that you've listened, you absorbed, you've integrated into your life and you are coming back so much better. I know it's not easy. Believe me, it's not easy to walk your own path, but you got to pick your heart. Are you going to stay in the heart of the grind and burnout and the like, why am I doing this? Or do you pick the heart of something new and lean into your weird and embrace it and just go? I'd encourage you to do option two, because let me tell you, it's been a whole bunch of fucking fun figuring out the path on my own journey. All right. I love you, friend. Again, enjoy this fall weather. And don't forget your life, your calling, your pulse matters. See ya.
Yeah.